Good morning once again. Thank you. I'm getting used to. Um, I'm very blessed to be again here this morning. And uh, um, it's just a privilege to be with you and to share the word of God. Pastor Hemi introduced a theme, a series titled Sign Me Up. Um, where we'll be learning about different ways that we can serve. And uh, last week, she talked about presence. And then today I'm talking about prayer. And then we still have to hear how we can serve through our gift, service, and witness. The scripture that we've read this morning is pretty much a familiar story that we know. The story of Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane, where he told his disciples, stay awake and pray. Looking at the context of the story, we can understand that it was at night, and they were probably feeling sleepy, and he needed them to pray with him. You want to transpose it in our context today, and that's what I want you to remember about the sermon this morning is God wants us to awake our spirit and our prayer life. If we are going to use prayer, if we are going to serve God through prayer, we need to be prayer warriors, we need to revive that spirit in us. And even more important, we need to know what of the tool that we have, which is prayer. That's the objective of my sermon this morning. Let us pray. Dear God, we thank you and we bless your name for giving us again an opportunity to hear your word this morning. I invite your spirit to be with us this morning. And I pray that your spirit translate this sermon so that it can fit into each of our hearts this morning in the mighty name of Jesus we've prayed. Amen. Um, there are a couple of things that I would like to remind each other this morning about prayer. When you know what you have, you can use it to the maximum. We know prayer, it is a tool of communication that helps us to communicate with God. Actually, it is more than a tool. It is a weapon that God has given us. Unfortunately, we don't use it that much lately. Let's look a little bit at the story, and we can see three or two things that this story teaches us about prayer. Let me go a little bit in verse 36, and I'll come back to verse 41. Verse 36 says, and I read, Then Jesus went with them to a place called Gethsemane, and he said to his disciples, Sit here while I go over there and pray. The first thing that I can talk about this verse is a place. Do you have a place where you like to pray? Whether in this building, whether at home. This was a place which was known for Jesus to go and pray. Jesus, throughout the New Testament, the story says that he likes to go to the mountains to pray. He had a place. As a reminder this morning, do you have a place, whether in your house, whether in this building, I already have my favorite spots in the church where I like to pray whenever I get time. Do you have a place? It is very important that we have at least a place where we can pray. 
the verse 37 says this. And he took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, which means John and James, and began to grieve and agitated. Then he said to them, I am deeply grieved even to death. Remain here, stay awake with me. Jesus took his disciples with him so that they could pray with him. When we talk about prayer, as we heard during the children's time, you can pray for yourself, or you can pray by yourself like Jesus did. You can pray with others, or you can pray for others, what we call intercession. So Jesus took the disciples so that they could pray with him. A second thing that we can learn from this story that is that it's okay to ask for prayers. Sometimes we go through times which are very hard and our faith seems to be very loose and shaken. If Jesus could ask for people to pray with him and for him, I want us to remember this morning that it's okay to ask for prayers. It's okay to ask for somebody to support you and carry you through what you are going through. Let me get first to verse 41. That, that was the verse of this morning. Verse 39 said this, and going a little further, he threw himself on the ground and he prayed. And then verse 40 said, and he came to his disciples and found them asleep. And then we found the verse, verse 41 that we talk about stay awake. When we talk about staying awake, as I mentioned in my introduction, it really seems like it was in the evening. As a matter of fact, he found them asleep which can be the third thing that we can learn from this story about prayer, time. Do you have a specific time where you pray? For people who have traveled to Muslim countries, you can agree with me that they pray five times a day, all of their lives. I can still remember back home when you want to shop something into the Muslim shops, you have to adjust your schedule so that you don't go during their prayer time. It doesn't matter how many you are in the shop, they're going to ask all of you to go out so that they can go and pray. The Jews, they pray three times a day, all of their lives. One question that I want to leave with you, how many times do you pray a day? Or maybe I should ask the other way, when was the last time you prayed? You need to find a place, either in your house. You need to find a time, a specific time. The Bible says Daniel had a time where he used to pray three times a day. And I'm pretty sure that's where the Jews got that from. Now, let me go to two more things that I think are very important that we need to remind each other about prayer. As I say, it is not only a tool of communication, it's a weapon that God has given us. One of the things that we need to remind ourselves about prayer is prayer is a tool, a weapon that helps us to fight spiritual warfare, the unseen world. Daniel chapter 10 tells us a story of an Daniel praying and an angel was supposed to bring answer to him and he got somehow delayed. And when the angel was talking to Daniel, he told him, actually, I was supposed to bring you the answer a long time ago, but the prince of Persia, who many scholars believe 
was probably uh, an angel of darkness, fought me so that I couldn't be able to bring your answer. Now, if you remember the story, Daniel didn't know about what was happening in the spiritual realm, but he kept on praying. Prayer can be that tool that helps us to unlock things that we don't see. This is how powerful that tool is. Let me tell a, a short story. I started working two weeks ago, not because I wanted, simply because my visa got delayed. And uh, I remember at the end of April and May, I applied for my visa and I decided to pray over my visa because that was like, I've done my part, let God also take his part. Because I was still at school, so I took my Friday off and said, I'll be fasting on Friday just to pray for the visa. I remember one of the two first Fridays, I had an audible dream. An audible dream, it is a dream where you don't see faces, but you hear voices, but you can tell who is speaking. In that dream, one of the staff at school told me this, if you do not get your visa by the end of June, you will have to wait until January 2022. When I woke up, it was clear in my mind that there was a serious contention over this process. I had to do something. To even reinforce this, I have a close friend of mine who is just one of the people who when they dream, it will come to pass. Gave me a phone call and he said, I had a dream a few months ago because he was also a student, an international student. He was like, we went and applied for the visa and we got denied. Now, the interesting thing is he applied before me and he got denied essentially the visa. Now, because I knew that I couldn't make a follow-up on my visa, the only tool that I have was prayer. Because I couldn't put pressure on the immigration office. So I stood up in prayer, prayed so that whatever was planned to be rejected would be reversed and the process will be in my favor. So you can see prayer can be the tool that can reverse things that can be, which are planned in the spiritual realm. This is how powerful prayer is. Probably my last point. Prayer is one of the pillars of faith. It is very hard to claim that we are people of faith if we are not people of prayer because we test our faith through prayers. And the Bible says this, without faith, it is impossible to please God. I like to, take, to tell stories. Let me end with this story. I put it in the trumpet this week and I hope I'll put a little bit more context around it so that we can understand it better. I came two weeks ago, I can say two weeks, yeah. And I started driving on Friday. My Friday drive was good. And I slept in Illinois. And then on Saturday, I was like, good, I'll make it to Nebraska. Three hours driving, my car broke down. The speed was not exceeding 40. I managed to pull to the nearest rest area that I could find. And I called my insurance company for road assistance. What I didn't know about road assistance with the insurance company that I had was 
the only cover for towing the car, not for any service to the car. So the guy who was driving me dropped me at the mechanic, which was very hard to find because it was a Saturday. And he was like, this is where my responsibility had. So they took my car into the shop and the mechanician said, you know what, I'm not going to touch it unless we do a diagnosis for the car. I was like, okay, go ahead. And he did the diagnosis, which was very expensive. And I look at the result, and I ask how much is this going to cost me. He told me, and I was like, there is no way I can afford this right now. I asked him for my keys, and I was like, I can pay for the diagnosis. I won't be able to pay for, to fix this thing. Because he was actually saying, now you have to leave the car. Uh, I'm full for Saturday. You might do it at Sunday. And I was like, I can't spend another night here. So as he was handing me the keys, he asked me, where are you heading to? I said, I need to be in Nebraska by 5 p.m. And it was around, I think, 2, 1 p.m. He looked at me in a very sarcastic way and he said, good luck. <laughs> I took my keys, opened my car, <laughs> jumped in. And I put my hand on the steering wheel and I did this short prayer. I said, God, you are the one who took me from Columbus, Ohio. Our deal was for me to make it to Nebraska, not to be stranded in Iowa. Now, listen, I don't know how I'm going to make it to Nebraska, but I'm going to drive this car anyway. Amen. Started my car, driving. A friend of mine called me, he was checking on me, and was like, I told him the situation, he's like, you know what, just put the oil, fill the oil, and um, make sure you drive to the slow lane so that you don't get in trouble. And I did exactly that. And by the time I was on the road, I drove no more. I, I could even hit 70, 80. Sometimes I even forgot that there could be police on the road. It is only when I arrived, then I realized like, wait a minute. The person in the shop he has fixed many cars, so he had no doubt that that car will not go as far as Nebraska. But again, I realized that the short prayer that I did built up my faith and gave me no doubt about driving it anyway so that I could reach the destination. That's why I was saying that prayer is a pillar of faith that can help us achieve things which even professionals in their field say it is impossible. Now, I didn't know that that grace had an expiring date until last Sunday. When I was driving to church, the car did the same thing. And I was like, God, I get it. The grace has expired, but please, can I just make it to the church service? It's my first Sunday. I don't want to be late. Pastor Hemis is going to be very mad at me. <laughs> Eventually, I get it that I need to change that car. But that was a lesson that I learned. That for you to build up that small faith that can make you walk where people may say it is impossible. 
we need to have a prayerful life. Just to remind you again, let's revive our prayer life. How many times do we pray a day? Do we have a spot in this building or in our house where we pray? May God bless his word. Amen.